Welcome to the Embracing You podcast with your host, Eric Pothen. We are all on our own unique journey to discovering ourselves. Each episode, I will help you navigate the journey within to reconnect with and discover the innate love you have for yourself. This podcast will cover topics from self-love to eating disorders and body image to mental health and to overall well-being. My goal is to help you honor and embrace yourself so you may live your most authentic life. Let's dive in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Embracing You podcast. Uh, I hope you all have been doing incredibly well. You all, today I am beyond excited about the episode that I've been able to create for you all. And today's episode is all about connecting the body and the mind. And today I have a special guest with me, and that is Stephanie Somatics. And here is a little bit of information about who she is. Stephanie Somatics is a body-focused mental health practitioner and supports folks through her offering of somatic healing. She has an MA in clinical and mental health, somatic psychology, and blends this with her own intuition and flavor to help guide clients towards themselves and healing. She works with people who are ready to overcome the ways their past traumas impact their present life from a body-integrated perspective. Teaching how to find safety in the body, anxiety management, and emotional validation, Stephanie facilitates with the belief that we follow your body's lead. Through her own journey of healing, she found great power in listening and learning from the body about how to better connect and deepen our relationship to self. Her goal is to walk alongside her clients, helping them discover their own body's natural wisdom and come home to themselves. Everybody, Stephanie is so incredibly intuitive and wise and knowledgeable. And uh, yeah, I don't want to say too much else here. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, Stephanie. How are you doing? So good. So excited to be here today with you, Eric. Wonderful. And thank you so much for being here with me today. To start today's conversation off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what led you to do the work that you do today? Absolutely. You know, my my story is so similar to so many of us that find our way to the healing modalities. I was going through my own experiences of dissociation, disconnection, you know, uh, unhealthy coping mechanisms, substance use, all these different ways that my nervous system and my subconscious were, you know, really crying out for help. And uh, I had been in therapy off and on for many years, but it, it, it was never quite clicking. I could know in my head, I'm doing the thing. This is probably connected to my childhood, but it didn't really change the way that I felt and the experience that I was having of those feelings. And it wasn't until that I actually found a somatic facilitator um, and she brought this idea to me of, oh, you're actually living very dissociated from yourself. There's there's a disconnect between your brain and your body happening. And it was this light bulb that went off and really sparked this huge shift in the way I took care of myself, 
where I was, you know, engaging and the relationships I was in, everything started to really just, um, you know, <laughs> the snowball gathering snow, it just compounded rolling, rolling, rolling until, until I went to school to pursue it as a career. So it really, <laughs> really took off. Absolutely. And I just always think it's so beautiful when individuals go through their own struggles and yet use those struggles as fuel to help propel them forward and do deeper, meaningful work for the greater world. So thank you for the work that you do and you bring to others. Thank you. Yes, it is. It is so um, more tangible and real when we meet somebody like that, who's gone through an experience similar to ours. I know for myself that resonates in a different way. There's a sense of, oh, you get it. Yes. And that makes all the difference is when you have that connection with someone that just gets it. it. The door just opens and the energy just flows so much more freely. So um, to get started, like I said, today's episode is all about somatics. So for those that aren't familiar with the concept of somatic psychology and somatics, how would you describe that? Yes. Somatics is, you know, I like to break down the word itself before we jump into how it applies and how we use it. So soma is body in Latin. So right out the gate, we're, we're working with the body. And when we pair the body, somatics and psychology, we're looking at the bridge between the way that our body and mind relate, the way that our body is presenting our inner psychology, our subconscious patterning. So somatic healing, somatic therapy, somatic psychology is really the approach to how you are a whole being. Your body is a subjective participant in your life and has been impacted by the life that you've lived. And so in order to better understand the way that you as a whole human from head to foot have been impacted by that life, we would need to ask the rest of you other than just your brain about how that felt, how that was. And in this way, we really are doing this body, mind, soul connection that I think has become so much more, um, so much more discussed in the last handful of years. Absolutely. Yes. I think the connection of body and mind can be so powerful when we take the time to actually sit and feel what it is that's going on in our body. And you had mentioned the word disassociation a couple of times already in just the short amount of time that we've been talking. But um, for those that aren't familiar with disassociation, would you be able just to describe what that is? Absolutely. So from the somatic perspective, there's an experience happening in our body. There's a feeling, whether it is sadness or anger, it's typically something big and uncomfortable. And our little energy us inside of our body goes, whoa, that's too much. And we lift up and out. And so when I talk to folks about their experience of dissociating, I'll often say, well, how do you know? How do you know that you're dissociating in that moment? And I've heard descriptions like, well, I can, I'm actually above myself watching what's happening below me. I can see my body down there. I'm not in that body. Or I've heard descriptions um, like I can hear myself talking, but I find myself looking around going, who said that? And I, re- oh, oh, that was me. There's this very distinct separation between the body that we're in, the body that is having the feeling and you as like that energetic being, 
right? And I know that sounds a little woo-woo, but we can also look at it from a nervous system perspective. On the sciencey level, your nervous system only goes up and down, and dissociation will typically happen when we are outside of our window of tolerance, when we are either too high or too low. And the too high is too much activation. And so I literally am lifting all of the energy in my system is high in my chest, a quick frequency. And that heightened system, that heightened energy is where we lift up and out as well. And so we can use these kinds of sensory understandings to gain information about what's happening in your system. What do you need there? How can I better take care of it? And so for folks listening, if, if you're hearing this going, gosh, am I dissociating? I would invite you to, to get curious in this way. What kinds of sensations do you feel in your body that tell you you might not be in there, that you might not actually be inside of your own skin? Yeah, and I think this leads perfectly into this next point of conversation that I want to have is for me personally, disassociation is very, it's a very familiar thing for me. And one thing that I've been, you know, uncovering as I've been working with my own therapist is that there often is a disconnection between my body and mind and that my body has a physiological response, but I tend to ignore that physiological response. And it sounds like somatics would be a great option to dig a little deeper into strengthening this connection between the body and the mind. So why do you think this disconnect between the mind and body exists? Mm, this is a great question, Eric. And I think it really, you know, like so many pieces of our human experience that are complex really come back to where we learned it. What was the blueprint? Who helped you learn how to manage the way feelings happen in your body? You know, it's it's really a, a newer concept if we look at, you know, the history of psychology to co-regulate and attune and help kids learn, yeah, that's a big feeling. Here's what we do with it in a healthy way. And that disconnect between the brain and the body, I find, is really like a coping mechanism in our brain, if I can understand it, then I can control it. And in our body, it doesn't operate quite in the same way. Our body doesn't need to know why it's happening. It just knows that something is happening. I recently heard a, a conversation with, um, where they were talking about how when we validate an experience for children, we're letting them know that that experience is real. And I think that is really the crux of where the dissociation, the separation happens between our brain and our body. Something about our surrounding environment is telling us, no, that experience you're having is wrong, is bad, shouldn't be here, make it stop, push it away. And so what we do is we go to the safe place up into our brain where we can cognitively grasp it. We can take it apart. We can connect all the dots because that doesn't ask us to sit with the experience. The experience is in our body, right? And that is so much harder, so much harder to tolerate being in. Yeah. And I think in a lot of these conversations I've been having with other guests, we always somehow end back to the concept of certainty versus uncertainty, where, you know, we create the certainty in our mind, right? When we become so uncomfortable with our own experience and should we be feeling this way? Is this a normal way to be feeling about X, Y, and Z? And when we can't handle that anymore, it makes sense 
that we jump into the mind and that's where the dots can connect and that's where we find the certainty. And so it's not trusting those moments of uncertainty, which in all honesty for me have been the most powerful moments is when I've learned to sit with that uncertainty and trusting that a little bit more. Mm, Absolutely. So well said. I think the unknown is the scariest thing for humans because there's just too many variables. If I don't know what's going to happen, how will I keep myself safe? You know, it's that very primal piece of, you know, (laughs) humans walking in the wilderness before civilization and just surviving. If I don't know the terrain, the potential predators, the weather, all of these unpredictable pieces, how will I survive the day? And it really does distill back to that. Even for us now, you know, in modern present times, if I don't know what's going to happen, how will I prepare? How will I make sure that I'm okay? And that trust piece that you spoke to, I think that is absolutely the key to so much of that unknown and fear that comes up. And that as kids, we really get that when we feel like somebody is with us in an experience. Even if I don't know what's going to happen, are you going to be with me and figure it out? Are you going to stay here, even if it's hard and scary, so that we can figure it out together? And that togetherness piece, I think is really what we bring to ourselves when we can do the dropping down into the body practice. Absolutely. And that is, that is really, really beautiful. So for me personally, I do not have much experience in working with um, a somatic psychologist or a somatic healer. Um, And for me, I'm more used to the traditional talk therapy modality. Uh, So how does a somatic therapy or healing session look different from a traditional talk therapy session? Yes, this is such a good question. You know, sometimes folks have this idea that we're going to, we're not going to talk at all because it's not talk therapy, but (laughs) I do need to know what's going on over there for you. And you have to help me track that. And so we do have some conversation. We set the stage. We're going to, you know, address what kinds of themes and topics we're going to work on. But really, we will redirect back to the body for so much, so much of this work, so much during the session. And once we've established what it is we're looking at, I want to get away from the why is this happening and go actually more towards the how does it feel when it's happening. And from there, actually, if we put the why and the figuring out on the back burner, because I can't actually turn your brain off, however useful that might be, your brain will still be working. It's still figuring it out. It's still connecting as we're doing this feeling practice. And I find that in the session, when we focus on how does it feel, in the body, where do you feel that? Help me get a good visual. What does it look like? If I could see that pain in your body, what kind of shape has it taken? All of these really sensory focused questions are based in the way that your body communicates through your senses, sight, smell, touch, sound. All of those are the language, you know, the communication style that your body is using to let you know how it's doing. And so we want to then use that language and work from the body up. And in this way, we gain access to so many different additional tools, whether it be movement, posturing, interoceptive 
um, visualization exercises, breath work exercise, nutrition. I mean, there's just an endless amount of different ways that we can take care of our body, right? And in a session, we will really follow what your body wants to do today. What does your body need us to look at? And we really start by looking at the sensations. This is how we are hearing the body, and that's how we'll communicate back. Oh, your body is feeling a little bit tight, a little bit crunched. Okay, let's let's stay with that. What is it like to be in this crunched, hunched state? Huh, and, and what what does it feel like if you roll your shoulders back? What is the nonverbal communication that your body is giving you from these places? And these are the pieces that we'll start to pull out and talk about. And we'll do a little bit of like the back and forth. We are going to figure some stuff out, but I find that staying with the experience, tracking the sensations, expanding on the visuals and the sensory visceral way that our body is communicating will lead us eventually to the why. It'll come out on its own. Your brain figures that out actually pretty quick without me needing to guide clients into it as directly. And that we have more room here. You know, I have clients where we have sat on the floor for the whole session. I have clients where we've, you know, moved and rearranged all the furniture in the room because, wow, my body responds differently when I can face the door versus when I can't see the door. The door is at my back. These kinds of senses, you know, the facing, the pacing, the spacing, all of these sensory experiences our body is having is the way that we follow your body's lead. I actually like to say that even though I have this training and the experience, I don't have the answers. Your body does. The keys are actually in your pockets, and I'm just here to help you look. That is super, super beautiful. And I think one beautiful thing that I have heard you say so far is that you know the experiences that our body has is subjective and it's not objective because I feel like we are so accustomed in our society to have that black and white thinking. This is how I need to feel in X, Y, and Z. And so I think something that can be very welcoming and inviting and a little bit more gentle about this is that you know, you are the expert of your body here mm-hmm. and that there is, there is the no right or wrong in, in how your body is experiencing X, Y, and Z. And so I love hearing you just talk about how empowering it can be for the, the clients in which you work with to really turn within and to just sit and notice and feel empowered to take those physiological sensations they're feeling and use that to do the healing and to, and to get to the why, right? Exactly. I love the way you phrased that. You are the expert. You and your body know your life experience the most, the best. I'm bringing in this like, you know, unrelated information. This is just like neutral info I've got. And your body gets to say, oh, that applies, that applies. Oh, this is actually how it feels. And it really is this shift away from how I should feel, like you said, the way that we're, you know, culturally conditioned to perceive what normal is or the right way to be. And into this much more like permission-focused space. You have a feeling, that's it. That's okay. 
That's all I need to know, actually, is that you're having a feeling and that's good enough. Yes. And I think sometimes we can get in that space where we notice a feeling, but then we need to dig deeper and try to figure out why we're having that feeling. And then that's for me when the, all the ruminating starts. And that's when I really get down into that rabbit hole that it's, it's hard for me to stop if I'm a hamster spinning in a wheel as well. It's like, oh, the thoughts are going. I've noticed that emotion. So I just, I just love the fact that you said you have a feeling and that's enough. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And the digging deeper that like, I got to know why piece is really about control, right? The certainty and the uncertainty. If I'm having a feeling and I don't know why I'm having it, then I must be crazy. There must be something wrong with me. I must be illogical. Like there's always a, a story there. But what if that was good enough? Your body's having an experience. That's it. That's all I need to know for me to say, okay, hold on. Let's, let's slow down. Let me, tell me more about that. What do you need? What's going on? Help me understand. What, what does it feel like? What if that was enough? We would operate so differently, right? Yes, I agree with that. Totally, totally, totally. So the next question I have for you is when is somatic therapy used? So for example, would it be with someone who is struggling with anxiety, depression, trauma, or can really anybody practice with a a person who is trained in somatics? Absolutely. I like to say that, you know, somatic is body-based. And so everyone with a body can do this kind of work. This is for everyone who's got a body because, wow, wouldn't it be so helpful to understand the way that yours works and to be able to befriend it, to feel like the two of you are a team instead of, wow, my body does this thing, it has these feelings and like, oh, I just got to ride it out. It also is important to note that going into body work like this, going into the way your body experiences feelings requires you to feel them. and. For folks who've got, you know, extreme experiences of trauma, you know, repeated patterns of dissociation where their body actually has not been safe. Maybe your body was the place of trauma, you know, for for many folks it is. And that means that if I'm asking you to come into your body to to drop into that, everything about your nervous system is going to be setting off alarm bells. That's going to be actually the most dangerous feeling you can have. Oh, you want me to go back to my place of trauma? And so it's okay if somatic approaches don't feel like they resonate for everybody. That makes sense to me because if I'm going to ask you to feel and the experience of that feeling was so overwhelming that, you know, you dropped into deep depression, you experienced high anxiety, you know, the high suicidality experiences, you know, all of these Parts of you know really intense humaning often start in our body. And so there is kind of a stage in our healing journey where people become ready to drop in, ready to brave that kind of water, to do, you know, to sail across those uncharted waters. And it's okay to not start with somatics. I actually find that folks who do best with the body work have a kind of openness to it. There's a trust. This is going to help me. It's going to be okay. And for me, I don't think I could have done that body work 
without really having some sort of foundational understanding of, yeah, something is happening. Something's happening and we're just going to get curious about it. And I had gotten that from, you know, different therapists over the years. And I worked with teenagers for a really long time because they are very much in their body, right? That's a period of life where we are right on this precipice of dropping, you know, stepping into adulthood. Our bodies are changing, hormones are firing, and we are so engulfed in emotion. And our cognitive processing, even though people are treating us like little adults, we're not adults yet. You know, our brain doesn't finish developing until we're 25. You know, for some folks, they've graduated college by 25. And in particular, your prefrontal cortex, the part of your brain that understands long-term consequences and like logical thinking, that part's not done developing when you're a teenager. And so the idea of consequences aren't there yet, which means that they are totally in the experience. They aren't doing that long-term thinking. They aren't doing that figuring out in the same way. And sometimes it is easier to come from the body place because what if we don't need to know why? If you're if you can't figure out why, then maybe you don't need to know that. But it does, it did take a lot more convincing when I worked with teenagers to get them to see this approach as a viable option. Because in the beginning, the idea of you want me to let go of the why feels so insane and crazy. Like I would, why would I let go of that? That's the only thing giving me control, the only thing giving me a sense of structure. So I want to note that like, it's okay if this style sounds like amazing, that's the thing I need. And it's okay if this approach is like, whoa, I don't know how I feel about that yet. We come to it in our own time. Yeah, that that was a very beautiful explanation of that. And I feel like now we're coming into this space of talking about vulnerability. Mm. Like that is, it sounds like needing vulnerability is almost essential in this work where you have to be willing to be vulnerable enough with yourself to get past not going directly into the why, which is where our brains want to go, and to be vulnerable enough with ourselves to allow our and trust ourselves to feel what is going on inside. And what are your takes on that? Oh, yeah. I think you're spot on. The vulnerable piece is huge. And it really pairs with this experience of safety, right? Am I safe enough to be that vulnerable? And not just in like the relationship of coach to client or facilitator, therapist, whoever it is to client, but you and your body, you know, what is the attachment style between the two of you? So much of the somatic approach really personifies your body like it's another person. And so what is the relationship that the two of you have when you sit by yourself and talk to your body like it's another person? Does your body respond well? Does your body say like, hey, it's me. Let's hang out. What's good? Or is your body kind of going, Mm-mm, don't like that. Don't ask me those questions and resisting. And I know for myself, God, I've had the full range at this point. And it really does require us to, to take on a different kind of accountability if we're looking at it in this way, because if you don't have to be accountable to your therapist or your coach or your friends or your partner, you do have to be accountable to your body. Because at the end of the day, 
even if all the relationships disappeared, you are attached literally to this body. And so it's, it's the two of you forever. And what kind of relationship do you have together? Do you have enough safety and trust together to be vulnerable in your own skin? I just feel like I need to sit with that for a second. Like that, it, to me, that was like, that was really powerful. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm a big fan of personifying. I, I've had an eating disorder. And so um, I have personified my eating disorder thoughts into her name is Carol. And so how you just painted that picture right now of, okay, if you were to take yourself out of your body and sit next to the person that is inside of your body, like what would that relationship look like? And that can be so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So powerful and so scary, right? Oh my gosh. I, you know, when I was, you know, being trained in this work, one of my, one of my teachers had asked us to, um, to like a investigative report about the way we've had a relationship with our body over the years. And I like, ooh, I can feel it in my body, even remembering that assignment. Wow, I have not always treated her well. Actually, I have done quite a few things where I have like thrown her under the bus, like really, really mistreated her, sacrificed her, said like, doesn't matter, do whatever you want, like really tossed her out with the garbage. And to have to, and there's like, there's the accountability piece, like, Ooh, if I have to really sit with that and try to mend that relationship, ooh, that is a much harder mountain to climb because I can viscerally feel the pain of being tossed out like that, the abandonment of being put under the bus, and the like the rupture. Like there's a different kind of rupture when we do that with ourselves. Because again, at the end of the day, it's just you and you. And if you and I, if it's me and my body, and this is all I really get in this lifetime, oh God, oh, I can't believe I did that to you. I'm so like, and then there's like the grief and the processing that all comes with that. But this idea of how do I get to a place where I can sit across from my body and feel like, yeah, yeah, we're okay now. We've, we've actually come out even now. I I have mended that relationship. Wow. I mean, that is a ooh, sense of like togetherness that I really like, I really truly believe is available to all of us, but you got to be willing to have that like very gnarly hard conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even hearing you just talk about that, I just, I hear compassion in your voice when you are talking about having that loving relationship between you and your body, a sense of understanding, a sense of empathy, a sense of grace, a sense of forgiveness. And so I'm so fascinated just by somatics and it's making me so happy and it's making me think, what's my relationship right now? Like with my own body and in, in, in the entity that's living inside. Um, so would you be able to guide us through a quick exercise um, that would help us tap into both body and mind. I'm so glad that you asked for an experiential, Eric. I haven't had somebody, you know, ask that prompt in an interview or a podcast before. And I'm, I think I'm just struck by how palpable 
the experience is, even though I'm facilitating, I can feel the feeling. You're riding through it. I can feel that moment you drop in. That's when I get tingles. And I think it's what makes the somatic facilitator so different than the cognitive facilitator because I'm tuning into you. I'm feeling something when you feel something. And that's how I know that we are on a wavelength together. And it's so beautiful to hear the way that something so short and so small Ooh, landed and impacted. That's the moment, you know, your body heard you pick up the phone and respond. Your body's always talking to you. And wow, so beautiful to see that as soon as you said, hey, I'm here, I'm listening, I'm going to come back for you. We didn't, we didn't do all that much. We didn't go anywhere. We didn't heal any trauma. It was just the presence, right? I'm here, I'm with you, and I'm making a commitment to maintain this relationship. Something so simple, but so, so impactful. Yes. And uh, like you, we've talked about too, the concept in and of itself of, okay, recognizing what your body is is experiencing and what it's feeling seems quite simple, right? But it's taking the next step of what do we do with this information and, and how, once again, going back to how. How do we take this information that our body is getting and do something with it, right? Yes, exactly. And I think that's where so many of us get stuck, right? Is we're like, okay, I'm having the feeling. I'm feeling the thing. Now what? And it's really that next step of like, great, you see it. Walk up to it. Put your hand on it. Make that contact just like you would with your friend. You know, if your best friend came into your house, didn't say anything, opened the door, sat down on the couch, the nonverbal communicators of your friend doing that, you would know without them saying anything how they were really doing, right? And so why isn't it the same with our body? Your body's got all of these nonverbal communicators. Let's tune in. What are they saying? And how do you want to respond? How do you want to engage? You know, if that's my best friend, my first response is like, wow, I'm going to sit down on the couch with them and just be there. I want to be there with them. And it's the same with the relationship to our body. Yeah. So I feel like throughout this conversation, we've talked about this next question that I have for you multiple times, but the title of this podcast is Embracing You. So how might somatics help us embrace ourselves a little more? Mm. I think that this is the missing link for living our life in the flow that we are really like meant to move through that, you know, millennial question of like, what is your passion? Do what you're passionate about. Your body has all those answers. All of those questions that you spend, you know, life searching for, they're inside of you. And if we can slow down enough to tune in, your body will give you the cues. Your gut instinct knows. I like these things. I don't like those. I want to do that. I don't want to do that. I need this. I don't need this. Your body is this beautiful, brilliant, wise, organic machine that already is tuned in. Just like nobody tells trees, it's winter now, drop your leaves, you know, hibernate your nutrients in your trunk. Nobody told them to do that. Your, your body's the same way. It has a natural knowing. And if, more, if we can tune into that, 
then we can start to live our life from this like empowered, connected, embodied place where that question of what will I do becomes less overwhelming because there's a sense of even if I don't know what comes next, I have somebody that's going to figure it out with me. So profound, Stephanie. Um, Do you have any last words of encouragement for our listeners as we wrap up our time here together? Mm. I think the biggest thing that I do for my clients is remind them that it's okay to be where you are. Wherever you are in this journey, it's understandable that this is where you are. You've lived through those life experiences that got you to this place. You've lived through those life experiences that impacted you. And so, of course, you're here today having this kind of experience. That's okay. That makes sense. And it's all right to be where you are. And tomorrow or later today, you get to decide, if I, if I am here, how do I want to help myself? How do I want to take care of myself so that tomorrow I can feel 1% more at ease, 1% more at peace? It doesn't have to be this huge, massive, you know, burn the house down, change overnight. 1%, it's just 1% at a time. And what a, an incredible way for us to start to build that trust within based off of what you just said right there. So I think that's some really great insight that you leave our listeners with today. Um, Well, Stephanie, I am so, so, so incredibly grateful to have been able to have this conversation today. And I found you actually, um, just as I was scrolling through Instagram and just one of your videos incredibly resonated with me. So for those that are looking to find you on Instagram or learn more about you, where can they go to find you? Yes. Instagram is the place that I am available the most frequently actually. So my Instagram handle is Stephanie Somatics. I, you know, post so much. I mean, so much of what we've talked about today, Eric, is just covered in the Instagram. There are free tools. There are workbooks. There's resource sheets. There's as much information as I can get to you guys. I am trying to find a way to do that. Um, For folks who are interested in doing the one-on-one work, my team and I are ever expanding because I'm finding there is a huge request for somatic work. And so um, I am, you know, seeing as many folks as I can and assembling other somatic healers to join me in this journey. So we have folks who are available and ready to jump in and help facilitate for folks who are testing the waters, kind of getting a feel for it right now. I have a 30 day course that really breaks down a lot of these concepts we talked about today. There's a ton of experientials, just like the one that we did um, this afternoon. And I walk through those with you. So I will role model them. You'll get to see me do that exercise and then I'll move you through it. And I find that being able to see it really has helped a lot of folks understand how to do it. Sometimes we hear things like get into your body or do a body scan, but how do I do that? Um, is you know the big question. And so this course was really designed to help you with the how in a way that makes it feel more digestible and less overwhelming. 
Great, and I will make sure that I include your Instagram handle in the show notes as well as uh, a link to your personal website where listeners can go and and find all that wonderful information. Um, You are such a beautiful soul, and I am, once again, just so incredibly grateful for your time, for your insight, um, and just for your wisdom with this whole concept of connecting body and mind and really how do we grow that relationship and strengthen the relationship between the two. So once again, Stephanie, thank you so, so, so much for your time. And um, I hope we can connect again sometime soon. Absolutely, Eric. It was such a treat. Thank you so much for your presence, for your inquiry, and really for you know, doing this work alongside me. It is my honor to get to teach and guide folks. And this is something that I truly believe everybody, everybody should know about. And so I am always just so touched when folks want to reach out and share the way that this work has also impacted them. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did, and I hope you were able to connect a little bit more with your body and mind in today's episode. And if you are interested in following along with the guided exercise that I had asked Stephanie about in today's episode, you will find that uploaded actually as another episode um, underneath the Embracing You podcast. So be sure to listen to that track for a very simple yet powerful and profound way to connect your body and mind together. And Stephanie does such a beautiful job doing that in this short exercise. So until next time, everybody, I hope you take the time to offer yourself a little self-love, offer yourself some compassion, and really tune in to what your body is telling you. Much love, 